Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include LO Tech, my interview with Tom Hutchins, Executive Vice President of Production for Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions on the non-QM industry in 2022 and the return of private money into the mortgage space, and economic warning signs in the bond market. Today's podcast is sponsored by Sagent. It just announced the appointment of Courtney Thompson as its new chief product officer. The move accelerates Sagent's vision to remake loan servicing from the consumer perspective and deepen Sagent's relationships with customers, regulators, and the fintech community. Thompson has led mortgage fintech innovation, digital transformation, servicing, and regtech strategy for almost two decades, most recently as the founder of her fintech management consulting firm, Consigliera, where she advised top servicers and fintechs on these matters. Mortgage loan originators can't do anything about interest rates, but they can do something about their service and technology they use. Technology is roaring ahead, whether you're on board or not, and it is currently roaring ahead in other non-mortgage areas. Do you have your digital driver's license yet? Have you used your face for a boarding pass to get on a plane? Be careful out there with technology and data. Vendors and lenders, if they are responsible for a data breach and a release of customer information, need more than a short note of apology. Remember, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest employment, opportunity, and appointments, and broker and lender products and services, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Tom Hutchins. Tom is Executive Vice President of Production for Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions. He has over 18 years of experience in leading sales for a wholesale and correspondent lending platform with proven success in the expansion of a lending footprint nationwide. Prior to Angel Oak, Tom was a senior sales leader at South Star Funding and was responsible for business and sales development across the country. He later served as the president of Novo AMC, where he was instrumental in launching the organization. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Hey, Robbie, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for uh, making the time. Any questions for me before we get going? Um, no, I think um, pretty good. Sweet. Let's jump right in then. All right, let's do it. So, Tom, what are your expectations for non-QM in 2022 and kind of general trends you see in the market? Well, I see um, fourth quarter of, of 2021 non-QM was definitely on an upward movement and and we're just we're seeing more of that um, you know there's a lot of factors that are going into non-QM angel we've been around and doing this for eight years so it's not a new product but the interest level has certainly uh, been on the upswing and we we expected this you know we, we believe it's an underserved market and uh, now originators are, are are wanting to learn more and, and start originating that volume as well yeah, being in the industry almost two decades, you've you've seen market cycles happen over time. You know, you have some optimistic predictions for non-QM issuance. Why do you believe non-QM issuance will soon reach two hundred to three hundred billion dollars annually? Well, you know, I think it actually does have to speak to kind of my experience and our experience in this market. Uh, you know, we look back to those that were in the business around two thousand and one, two thousand and two. And back then, uh, that was it wasn't called non-QM. It was called subprime or alt-A. But those guidelines made sense. 
And back then, the market was three to 500 billion a year. And but again, the guidelines made sense. If if uh, you know, we didn't have bank statement loans like we do today, but we did have we had stated income. But if you were a self-employed borrower and you had to go stated income, you put more money down and you had a, a little bit higher interest rate. And and the guidelines were good. They were for self-employed borrowers only. And then we remember the cycle of the 04 to 06 timeframe when so many of those good protections that were in place around the products just got too loose. That's not happening this go around. Non-QM is going to stay where it makes sense, but but we, we know that, you know, pick a number, five, 10% of the origination market is this group of borrowers that are never going to fit the tight agency box. And that's that's really where we get this two to $300 billion a mark number. And, you know, we, we maybe we're too conservative. It, it could be higher than that just because the overall mortgage market has gone up tremendously since the, the early 2000s. Um, but we just we just think there's a, a large segment of underserved borrowers and that's and it's not a, a declining segment. It's a growing segment. Certainly. And I don't, I, I don't think any of us really miss the days of someone saying they made six figures in a mariachi band and, and all they had to do to prove that was send in a photo of them in a sombrero. So we've certainly come a, a long way since the early 2000s. Now, we didn't always try to stay away from the photo piece, Robbie, because, you know, that, 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 could, that could go the wrong way. But yes, you're exactly right. And, and that's why the, the current guardrails that are up in non-QM and, you know, due to compliance and actually due to just originators being, you know, wanting to build a business that is sustainable. And that, you know, I kind of speaking for the industry, that's, that's what, um, that, that's how everyone has, has approached this next effort at bringing in these, these uh, non-agency borrowers do it in a responsible manner. Yeah, it certainly seems like it's being done the right way this time. So shifting from non-QM to the agency market, what a change in government policies, rising mortgage rates, and, and margin compression mean for the agency market? Well, uh, you know, all of it means challenges in the agency market, but but that's that's really why there's so much optimism from me and Angel Oak and, and others in the space around non-QM because all of them just direct lenders to not, you know, even broader than non-QM, non-QM and private capital partnerships. And that's really, you know, any, anything outside of agency that is supported by private capital that the agency loans have, uh, have the government guarantees and, you know, government backing, but anything outside of that comes from private capital and, and private uh, risk. So uh, all, all of those things that you just mentioned, higher rates, tighter margins, um, and, and scaling back agency products and programs means that lenders really can't ignore non-QM and private capital anymore. It's got to be a part of their plans for 2022 and beyond. And you know what I think is is helpful that FHFA realized after last year's regulatory changes was this year, you know, in the announcement last week, mm-hmm. it's it's a fee increase with ample lead time. And that's going to bring private money into the market with a price adjustment rather than a strict cap on it. So I, I do think we will definitely see uh, the return of a lot of private money here in 2022. And, I, and I'm, I mean, Robbie, just if, if, if I might, just 
interject there is that I, I almost believe it, it looks to me like last year may have been a test that if we put some, some restraints on some restrictions on the agency guidelines and kind of get back to the original mandate of the agencies and not, you know, the focus really shouldn't be the lowest interest rate for a borrower who wants to buy a beach house. You know, that, that really wasn't the mandate behind the agencies. And I, I feel like last year was just a bit of a test to see if they put some restrictions around this, would private capital move in and pick, you know, pick up the slack and would it have a devastating impact on the housing and mortgage market? And I, I think both both questions were answered positively. And that's that's to me why it feels like, hey, start 2022, let's go ahead and do it differently because the, those caps on originations, those were, you know, the feedback there, that's an extremely difficult thing for a lender to monitor and manage to. But pricing, that, that kind of takes care of itself. Yes. And for lenders out there these days, there's a ton of different things they have to manage. So one of the reasons I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show here is I wanted to ask you, you know, why should these lenders find a non-QM partner now to prepare for more changes from price to policies? There's a long list of reasons, but first and foremost is that originators just need more tools. You know, if, if all originators are simply offering agency and government programs, they're pretty limited. You know, that's, that's not, that's, that, that box of borrowers that are going to fall into that ha- has been shrinking and, and it's going to continue to shrink. So if, if they're not making, their, you know, providing to their, their LOs what they need to build their businesses, then you know, that, that's a bad formula overall. And then secondly, it's just you know, margin compression is real and it's going to be here for a while. Non-QM isn't, it doesn't really fall under that margin compression business because borrowers non-QM borrowers can't go to a website and, and have five different lenders competing for their loan within you know, 15 minutes. So it is, it's a different process. It's, it's really more of a consultative relationship business. It's, it's kind of old school lending, really, you know, for those that have been in the business long enough. They, you know, we remember those times. The rush to private capital that we've, we've seen kind of start here, the, the herd starting to migrate What's that say about the future of the mortgage industry? I, I mean, I think there's just going to be continued um, interest and investment in the, into the mortgage space because, again, this is kind of a redo and, and we all have this opportunity to do this again, but do it in a more sustainable method. There's some regulations in place. There's, there's you know, better technology. There's just a lot of things that, that are going to really help the industry the non-QM industry specifically stay stay within those guardrails and continue to originate good performing loans. And the longer that happens, the more private capital is going to come in. And and you know we've seen it ourselves, Robbie, just over the last eight years. When we started, private capital wasn't rushing to us to invest in these loans. But as time goes by and performance is there and quality is there and opportunity is there, then, uh, then, then the private capital does follow. I like what you said there. It's, a, it's another chance to do things sustainably this time. And Absolutely. so in, in kind of lockstep with doing things sustainably, we've seen a lot of new technology 
hit the mortgage industry, obviously since 2006, but, but even over the last couple of years, how's technology changing the non-QM industry? Non-QM, one of its uh, differentiators is that it, it is make sense lending. It is common sense lending. And that's a little bit more difficult to program into a computer. Uh, not to say that non-QM isn't going to automate as much of the process as possible, including here at Angel Oak, you know, technology is is our kind of our number one focus for this year and beyond because really scalability to get those 200 300 billion dollar a year originations we can't just keep doubling staff and doubling staff we 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 all have to be more efficient and the process has to be seamless and you know really kind of the model is is the the DUDO process it that that is that's kind of the model it's you know, how, how do you get decisions to all the parties involved in the process as quickly as possible? So that that's really what we focus on in on. And, and we do that through process and technology. Um, and that's 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 going to be evolving uh, for, for years to come. Excellent. And I look forward to seeing what Angel Oak comes out with. I'm on your email distribution list for your different securitizations you do. So I'll, I'll keep an eye right. on that. And yeah. uh, I, I really want to thank you for making the time and coming on to, to talk to me today. I thought that was informative and valuable for our listeners. Always love talking about non-QM. Call <laughs> me anytime. Thanks, Robbie. In the first uneventful day for treasuries in quite some time yesterday, we were still reminded of a lot of economic warning signs. Jobless claims surged to a three-month high, 286,000, as either the Omicron variant ripples through the labor market or the labor market is softening in general, or both. Existing home sales dropped much more than expected, in at 4.6%, in December as inventory fell to an all-time series low of 1.9 months supply, and mortgage rates surged again in Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey, with the 30-year fixed rate rising another 11 basis points to 3.56%, the highest since March of 2020. Equity indices have officially gone into correction territory, meaning a greater than 10% decline, and the Fed has a big problem on its hands. The labor force participation rate is still well below pre-pandemic levels, which will slow the economy as rising mortgage rates crimp consumer demand. Fortunately, the Omicron variant suggests the pandemic may be shifting to a more manageable endemic phase, unleashing pent-up demand and faster growth in major economies. March Fed funds futures now see a 90-plus percent probability of a rate hike when it was pegged as only a 43% chance a month ago. Black Knight reported that 2021 came to a close with foreclosures at an all-time record low. 0.24% of loans are in active foreclosure in December, and the month's 4,100 foreclosure starts are some 90% below December 2019 levels. And the national delinquency rate is right above near-record lows set just prior to the onset of the pandemic. The delinquency rate fell nearly 6% in December to reach 3.38%, a nearly 45% reduction from the same time last year, bringing the number of mortgage holders who are 30 or more days past due but not in active foreclosure below 1.8 million for the first time since the initial run-up at the start of the pandemic. Finally, prepayments fell by more than 7% in December and are poised to fall even further as rising rates continue eroding refi incentive. Refinances have historically driven the vast majority of prepayment activity. Today's calendar contains just one scheduled economic data release. December leading indicators expected to increase 1.1% month over month when released later this morning. 
The Fed Desk's MBS purchase schedule sees the desk in 30 years for up to $3.7 billion across UMBS 32% and 2.5%, followed by Gini 2, 2.5%, and 3%. In the very early going, agency MBS prices are up an eighth to a quarter, and the 10 year is yielding 1.79 after closing yesterday at 1.83%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. This one's a little racy, so no complaints. A man, tired of busy life in the city, moves to a house in the countryside, middle of nowhere. After living there for a couple months, his nearest neighbor, a big, hairy guy living a few miles away, comes to visit him for the first time. There will be a New Year's Eve party at my place. Are you interested? Asks the neighbor. The guy, already a bit bored of his quiet living, says, Okay, why not? There will be some dancing and singing there, informs the neighbor. That's okay, I can sing, he answers. And know that there will be heavy drinking too. That's not a problem either, I haven't had a drink since I moved here. There will be fighting too. Uh, okay, I think I can live with that, he replies. And after that's all been done, there will be some wild sex. Now, that's good, I I haven't got laid in ages, he says, getting all excited about it. So I can count you in, asks the neighbor. You bet you can he answers enthusiastically. Okay, so it's a deal. Tonight at my place, says the neighbor and turns to go away. Wait, what? one last thing, he yells after the big hairy neighbor. What should I wear? Oh, doesn't matter. Just gonna be the two of us. <laughs> Thanks again to Sagent. Bringing the modern experience customers expect from loan originations to servicing with platforms that let customers manage their homeowning lives from anywhere. The end game is a continuous loop where tech-powered customer attention, retention, and engagement in servicing lead to new originations, which lead to and preserve lifetime servicing. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.